How does it distort our goals? Distorts our goals because uh, we can't seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because we didn't added all these things unto us instead of letting the Lord add them to us. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us. So, Pastor, you're talking about an it. How does it distort our goals? Well, it distorts our goals because what's this it we're talking about today? Uh, we're talking about debt, oh. uh, getting into too much debt. And, uh, of course, uh, and I think it was a Barna survey that said if every Christian in America would at least uh, give 10% of their income to the Lord, we'd be able to support all missions. Yeah. We'd be able to have every church have a staff. And uh, so it was amazing to me. But um, what we do often, and I'll have to say, ouch, because I can't say amen. Yeah. Let's say, ouch, that we begin to, because of our failure to be content with what we have, uh, we buy the bigger television, we buy the bigger home, the better car. I'm not saying anything's wrong with those. I'm saying, have we prayed about it? Say when we get a raise, do we ask, Lord, why did you give me this raise? Uh, And sometimes I'm going to go out on the limb and say, he's going to say, I gave it to you so that part of it can go to missions, that part of it can go to your local church. And that you can use part of it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, but if the truth be known, most of the time we get a raise. Wow, I got a raise. Oh, look, look, I've been looking at that Jaguar. Oh, I think that's <laughs> going to be real nice. Or, man, I want that HD curve concave television Oh, set. the new 4K? Yeah. yeah it was yeah. about eight grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was Larry Burkett who used to talk about the fact that uh, he was so passionate about teaching Christians to get out of debt because once they did, if they would take that money that they were paying an interest in towards debt, they could change the landscape of ministry. Oh, wow. Could we and, ever? Yeah. And uh, such an important thing. And I think a lot of people maybe have gotten themselves into debt to the point where they're wondering, can I ever get out of debt? They, they feel like they're absolutely drowning in debt. But yet there's some biblical principles that if we mm-hmm. begin to apply, we can begin to turn things around. Well, you know, um, I was just reading uh, from... Uh that, that Larry Perkett started, what's it called? Yeah, um, uh, well, that, now it's uh, Crown Ministries. Crown Ministries, yeah. that the average person lives off of 120% of their income. Wow. They spend 100% and they charge 20%. That's a recipe for oh, disaster. Oh, man, it's, yeah. it, it definitely is. Well, some of us may have been doing that for some time, and now disaster is uh, right at our doorstep. And how do you begin to turn things around? That's what we're looking at in today's broadcast. So join us in 2 Kings chapter 4 as we continue the message, How to Get Out of Debt. Here is Pastor Ford. Right before we look at the fifth reason, I thought that we would look at what happens to many of us when we get into debt. And we can't give to the work of the Lord because we're so indebted. Because I want to submit to you that the reason many of us are in debt is because we're not following biblical principles about our finances. Principle number one. 
The Bible says, therefore, having food and raiment or clothing, let us therewith be content. So then, if that is true, that means that many of us are not contented uh, because we had a house, but we want a bigger house. We had a car, but we want a better car. And so we know a better car costs more money. And, and so the whole tenor of God's commandments. Now, here's what I want to submit. That if then we are to follow God's commands about how we do our finances. And if God has given us enough that we're able to take care of ourselves and provide for the basic needs. Then to be in debt is sin. Okay, now, I thought there was going to be a gasp, like, you, you heretic, you, 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 you crazy. Uh, so, uh, so then when we look at these principles, now I'm not going to uh, uh, belabor the point, but here's what, here's what I want to say. Here's what we'll get to, and we'll get to it later on. God has given us principles then that will get us out of it, even when we got ourselves into it. That's why we're looking at 2 Kings chapter 4. We're not going to look at it today. But, but let me tell you where we're going, okay? That, that this passage, let me say this. First of all, a principle is a timeless truth. That is, uh, we go into the, the historical setting and uh, we contextualize it. We interpret it according to its context. And, and then we have application. And so we can't confuse interpretation with application. There is one interpretation, many applications. So then when we interpret it in its context, it is generally to those individuals. There's a lot, of, you know, the, the song, all the promises in the Bible are mine. That's not true. That's a lie. They are not. And they are not. So then I have to find out. But there are timeless truths they are called principles, and they are timeless. They are applicable today. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this text, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that God uses this woman to deal with our contemporary setting in terms of application because the same thing he told her to do to get out of debt is the same thing that you and I can apply by principle to get out of debt. Now, there's 10 principles in these seven verses. I'm just going to walk through. If you want to take them, you can. Next, we'll get to them, Lord willing. We'll get to the text proper. Uh, but, but here's the principles. Number one, get serious about getting out of debt. This is what we're going to look at from the text. Principle number two, enlist the proper assistance. Number three, evaluate your current financial position. Number four, know what it'll take to eliminate your debt. That's the fourth principle we'll find in there. Principle number five, list your assets. So let me go over those five again. Get serious about getting out of debt. That's the first step. Enlist the proper assistance. That's the second step. Evaluate your current financial position. Number four, know what it'll take to eliminate your debt. Number five, list your assets. Number six, easy one, do what God tells you to do. Number seven, keep it personal and private. 
Principle number eight, believe God will supply what you lack. Believe God will supply what you lack. Number nine, use what God supplied for the purpose God supplied it. Let me say it again. Use what God supplied for the purpose that God supplied it. Number 10, start investing and saving for the future. Let me go over these again. Number six, do what God tells you to do. Number seven, keep it personal and private. Number eight, believe God will supply what you lack. Number nine, use what God supplied for the purpose God supplied it. Number 10, start investing and saving for the future. So then here's a woman uh, that's in debt. And uh, when we look at uh, that debt, I say it all the time, but we buy things, you can help me, we buy things that we don't need with money we don't have to amass bills we can't pay to please people we don't like and don't like us anyway, no matter what you buy. And so then we get ourselves in debt, and I want to talk about that. This is just the introduction. I want to talk about debt. Here's what uh, one person said about money. We go to school to be equipped to get it. We go to work to earn it. We invest time so we can know how to manage it. We walk around malls determining how we will spend it. We worry when we don't have enough of it. We plan so we can try to get more of it. We wreck friendship, businesses, and marriages arguing over it. We get entangled in debt and worry because of our abuse of it. We commit suicide in our despair over losing it. We commit crimes because of the absence of it. So then we know that money, money doesn't answer everything. The Beatles said in 1963, can't buy me love. Money can't buy me love. And somebody says, you know, money doesn't make you happy. Being rich doesn't make you happy. Now, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I would like to be able to test it out to see if, I don't know about you, but I'd I like to test that out just to see. Just let me, let me learn that one by myself. Yeah, let me learn that one on my own. Uh, but you've heard it before. Uh, money can buy a bed, but not sleep. Money can buy books, but not brains. Money can buy a house, but not a home. Money can buy medicine, but not health. Money can buy pleasure, but not peace. Money can buy amusement, but not joy. Money can buy food, but not an appetite. Money can buy finery, but not beauty. And money can buy a crucifix, but not a savior. Some of you may remember Christine Onassis. Here's, here's a quote from her. Here's what she said. She said, happiness is not based on money, and the best proof of that is our family. And we know at one point, he was the third richest man in the world. Money doesn't answer everything. So I did this research. It blew me away. Now, I did this research in 2001, and I did it again in 2010. Now, here's how credit buying started. It started in 1856, and the idea is a tribute to Isaac Singer, uh, Singer sewing machine. He came up with a sewing machine. Nobody could afford it. So he said, okay, I'll tell you what, you can get it on credit, give me $5 down, pay $5 a month, put it on hold, and after you pay for it, then you pick it up. Now, all of us remember that. They called it layaway. We all remember that. But then along came Arthur Morris, 
and he added a new wrinkle 60 years later. We now know it as credit. He said, why wait for it? I'll give it to you on credit. You just pay me interest on the loan and take the item. And that's how it all started. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled How to Get Out of Debt. And we'll continue this look at 2 Kings chapter 4 in just one moment. We'd love to know where you listen to Treasure Truth and what difference it's making in your life. You can always give us your feedback when you come to our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. And maybe something that you've heard has raised a question. Well, Pastor Ford welcomes those questions. You can always send him a note through our website. Again, treasuretruthradio.org. We'll make sure that he sees all your comments and all your questions. And who knows, maybe we'll even answer one of those questions on a future broadcast. Again, get a hold of us through the website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. These statistics are staggering. In 1993, $338.6 billion was spent using credit. In 1994, it was $525 billion. In 2001, that amount was approximately $800 billion. Guess what it is today? It's $2.42 trillion. That's debt from credit cards. That we as Americans, we own 546 million credit cards. And the debt from it, trillion. So then we spend a year approximately $36 billion just on interest. But here's, here's, here's the kicker. The penalties. Do you know what they make on the penalties for late payments and overdrawing? $20.5 billion. That's just on late fees. Man, that, that, you know. So then, uh, the word comes from the Latin. uh, The word charge is charis. And a charis was a four-wheeled Roman baggage wagon that you would just throw baggage on it. So the word charge means to put a weight on somebody, to put baggage on somebody so that it distracts our attention. What did he say? He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now get this, how does it work very practically? Well, come on, some of us know that if they offer me overtime on my job on Sunday, I gotta take that overtime. I got to give up my worship of the Lord Jesus Christ because I'm so far in debt I can't afford not to work the overtime. I can't come to a Bible study. I can't get involved in in ministry because I got to work two or three jobs to pay up the debt. So what happens? It divides our attention. And so on and on it goes. You can see that. Uh, So how does it distort our goals? You all know that. Distorts our goals because uh, we can't seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because we didn't add all these things unto us. Instead of letting the Lord add them to us. So let's talk about it. Why do we use credit? Let's look at these passages. Let's talk about why we use credit. I got six reasons here. Let's just walk through these Proverbs and let's just look at them. Proverbs 24 
15 because of the ease of getting credit. Now, now uh, let, me, let me explain uh, what I've drawn from this verse. It says in Proverbs 24, 15, lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. What's he talking about? Well, the picture is, uh, it's probably a reference to Babylon, but it's a, it's a reference to those who are wicked, who are lying in wait to take the goods from somebody else who's a righteous person. James said that the rich people devise ways to get money from poor people. Lottery. That's a way to get, anybody hit, no, anybody hit Powerball because we didn't get a $36 million tie. <laughs> but look at what's going on. What, what is it doing? Who suffers from it? So then, what do we have in our neighborhood? We have rent-to-own stores. We are payday loan stores. I mean, on and on it goes. Now, yeah, especially the payday loan stores, you know, more and more. So what are, you, what, are you, what are they doing? They're taking the money, and guess what? It's easy. So now they say that the average college student, by the time they get out of college, is going to be in about $60,000 worth of debt coming out of college. That's not their loans. That's their credit cards. So the ease of getting, and we get them all the time. And, and what I start doing, because I realize now, uh, you know, it messes with your credit score. Whenever I get them, I call them. Don't ever send me one of these unless I ask for it. So the ease of being able uh, to get credit. But then number two, Proverbs 19, two, the eagerness to acquire things. If you ever notice what's going on, it's like, I remember when, when my wife and I got married, first we lived with her mom and that didn't work out. And so we got our own little apartment and for the first about eight months, we didn't have a living room set. So what'd you do? We sat on crates. We had a little refrigerator, not a big one. And we were content with it. D didn't have a car, was on the bus. And so what happens now? Everybody wants everything right now. We can't go in there, it's gotta be fully furnished. We've got to have this, we've got to have that. So here's what Proverbs says in Proverbs 19:2. Also the soul, that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. See what he's saying? He's saying, you don't have good sense if you're always in a hurry to acquire stuff. Then the next one, Proverbs 27, 20, when your earnings don't match your yearnings. That is living beyond your means. We do that. We get into debt by living beyond our means. Then number four, expectations are too high. Proverbs 12, 27 says, The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of the diligent man is precious. And basically saying then uh, that we have to understand how to deal with delayed gratification and uh, sometimes we have a lack of contentment. Then Psalm 19, uh, Proverbs 19, 2 again, emotional buying, lack of discipline. Then finally, Proverbs 2014, sometimes in the, it's an expression of our worth. 
that you and I uh, see the things we have as uh, areas that we need to get our worth from. So then if you look at Proverbs 22, verses 7 through 9, the rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity and the rob of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Now notice what he says. He's talking about the enslavement of death. And each one of them, he talks about, uh, uh, each one of them has a different focus. So for example, verse 7 has to talk about being enslaved in your money. Verse 8 talks about being enslaved in your morals. And verse 9 talks about being enslaved in your ministry. So money, morals, and ministry. And so the Hebrew word literally means to tie somebody up, uh, to make it so that they cannot move. So then in the enslavement of debt, debt then is a form of bondage. It makes you the tail and not the head. Debt causes others uh, to judge because in Deuteronomy 28, 14 and 44, uh, they, they uh, come against Yahweh because uh, the people of God are in bondage. And then Psalm 37, 22 tells us we should pay our debts. And then finally, the encroachment of debt. What is that? That's when it presumes on our future. James talks about it. And he says there are three things that happen. Number one, it can create an independence of God right down Luke 12. Because there is a man who said in Luke 12, 18, uh, soul, soul, take it easy. You've got all your goods, your three-car garage, your, your big house, and, and so take it easy. And so it created independence from God, a lack of trust uh, for God being able to do it. Then secondly, it interferes with God's supernatural provision. And we'll unpack that as we continue the message next time here on Treasure Truth. We're in 2 Kings chapter 4 with a message entitled, How to Get Out of Debt. And you may want to go back and listen to this teaching again, just really full of some practical tips. You can always listen by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream the program through your computer or mobile device. You can download MP3s for free or order copies of this broadcast on CD. Again, you'll get started for any of those by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org. If uh, Pastor Ford's teaching has helped you with something specific in your life, like your marriage, salvation, or like we're looking at in today's teaching, your finances, then would you let us know and share your story? You can visit the contact page of our website and tell us how the Lord has used this program in your life. Simply come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the contact link. And if you have a question... You can go ahead and ask that question as it relates to something you've heard on the broadcast or living out the Christian life. Who knows, we may answer that in a future broadcast. Again, come to treasuredtruthradio.org. That's also the place to go if you'd like to make a financial gift and help us continue this ministry because we truly are listener-supported. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says, Make a Donation. Well, thanks for getting in contact with us. Thanks for praying and for giving. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios, for Pastor Ford, our Bible teacher. I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.